the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. VA.gov. This is the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM. The answer. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on... Gotta play this song. I mean, come on. Come on, man. Have you turned your TV on this morning and looked at Artemis 1 sitting on the launch pad there at Cape Canaveral? I'm fired up. Yeah. Fired up big time. I've, I've been, I got up this morning. Typically, I turn it over on Foxy with news is. There is no news for me except what's happening at Cape Canaveral right now. And I turned on the NASA channel and was watching it. And, of course, it was a live shot. And uh, they're having a little bit of problem fueling up Artemis right now. They got a leak, and they're working on it. Doesn't phase me at all. Look, I've been around since Mercury, since the first shot, all right? And I've watched it, and I know all the problems they have on the launch pads with those, those ships and stuff. They'll get it fixed, and they'll go up. It happened. It's supposed to go sometime between 7.33 our time and 9.33 our time this morning. All right. See, I'm looking at all these guys. I'm looking at guys that are a lot younger than I am. <laughs> and uh, I'm 69, okay? So I was, I was a kid in, in uh, kindergarten when we had the uh, Mercury program. And I'm thinking about my grandson right now. He, I'm sure his mom has the TV on. And letting him watch this as he gets ready to go to school today. But here he is in kindergarten, and he's getting to watch us go back to the, get ready to get, go back to the moon. I mean, it's, yeah. it's cool. Just I was in you. kindergarten in '72 when they That's walked the last on the moon. One. Yeah, I was in kindergarten. I remember watching it on TV and then going outside to see if you could see the reentry flash or when they yeah when they hit the hit the atmosphere again yeah which that that's what this flight really is all about it's kind of interesting uh this is going to be an unmanned flight it will uh get the uh, orion capsule around the moon a, a few times and then slingshot it back to the earth it's kind of an interesting concept when you talk the orion falls to the moon I know that sounds really weird, but literally it falls yeah. from the Earth to the moon. And uh, uh, it, that's the way you land the airplane. Are you you ready turn for? off the gas yeah. and yeah, let, it, let it crash yeah. in the right place. It's going. Its it speed. Its speed will be twenty-five thousand miles per hour. Amazing. Now I like speed. I liked it, but you wouldn't be able to tell it. That's but a that's, that's a really weird thing about space. For reference, that's about ten times the speed of a thirty out six. Yeah, that's fast. That's huh? fast. <laughs> that's moving. So anyway, uh, what they want to do is test the heat shield. Hmm. Uh, I was listening to the astronauts today, and they were talking about what they were wanting to see, and they've they've made the heat shield out of all new materials. They said. 
technically, a lot of the things that they're getting ready to do, they've already done with the, uh, you know, with the Apollo program. However, they have moved forward with materials, of course, over. Uh, I understand that we've had a technical problem and the microphones in the studio are not working at this time. So let me go back and kind of real quickly recap what we talked about. Today, we go back to the moon. All right, Artemis 1 sits on the launch pad at Cape Canaveral, ready to make uh, its trip today. They've got a little bit of a problem. Uh, They've got a um, leak, uh, a hydrogen leak. Now, for you who are in my age range, this is no big surprise. Uh, You'll remember when Mercury was going on, how long sometimes they would say they were going to go off at a certain time, and it was hours later before they finally uh, lifted off. And, I mean, Shepard sat on, I think, sat on the launch pad for, you know, several hours. And there's some really great stories about all of that, about how he had to go to the bathroom. And they didn't have a way for him to go to the bathroom yet because it wasn't going to be that long of a flight. And then finally he had to relieve himself. And they were mission control, all of his uh, his um uh, diodes and everything went crazy. And they were like, what's going on? And somebody heard him go, oh, I feel so much better now. And so uh, if you want to get into all of that, watch the movie The Right Stuff. They did a pretty good job showing how uh, things were in the early s- stages of the uh, uh, missions out of NASA uh, read the book, and you'll get a, a real true feeling, The Right Stuff by Thomas Wolfe. It's a great book. Uh, well worth your time to read, even though it's like 50 years old now. But uh, it's something for you to, to take into. But right now, a lot of people are saying, well, why are we going back to the moon? Well, the moon is going to be where we launch from, from Mars. Uh, we're going to go to the moon several times now. Uh, and build a space uh, base on on the moon. Uh, I think I said Mars to the moon. And then a launch facility on the moon, and then launch for Mars from the moon. Now, why would we do that? Well, the Artemis today, to get into outer space, to, to get get the Orion capsule on its way to the moon, has got to, are you ready for this? I'm, I'm sitting over here with uh, with Heidi right now. I'm using her microphone. I guess we've got things fixed, so I'll be moving back in the studio. But to get off and get away from Earth's gravitational pull, Artemis will, will produce 8.8 million pounds of thrust. 8.8 <laughs> million pounds of thrust. The ship, uh, the, the rocket ship, looks a whole lot like the Apollo Saturn V, except that it's got two candles on either side. It's an additional four engines uh, that are on uh, the side to help it uh, get going as fast as they want to. From what I understand, once the uh, uh, Orion capsule is released, because it falls to the moon. I know that sounds really weird, but it falls to the moon. It will reach speeds of 25,000 miles per hour. Think about that for a moment. I just, we were talking on the air, and, and Paul said that's about four times as fast as a 30 on six bullet. About 10 times that's as fast. Good. That's a fast, fast fall. Mm-hmm. That's what you call a free fall. 
We'll talk more about it. I'm going to run over and get in the studio now. I'll give it to Heidi. She'll take a break, get us get us going here, uh, and then uh, we'll continue. And we opened up, I hope you got to hear it, we opened up with Frank Sinatra's singing uh, Fly Me to the Moon. Back to the moon we go today. Okay, back. Okay, we're in the studio. Uh, we're back in the studio with everybody. Let me remind you about Hillcrest. Uh, designer jewelry. We got to get our first break in here real fast. So Hills, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry would like you to stop by and visit with them. Let me turn my head fit set down. There we go. Now I'm blowing my head off right now. <laughs> Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, three thousand Cavanaugh Suite E, uh, Monday through Saturday. They're open ten to six. Uh, their phone number is five zero one two four six thirty six fifty five. Here's the easiest way for me to explain Hillcrest to you. Eric Coleman has been in the business for over forty years now. He can do anything. He can build it, he can repair it, he can clean it, he can polish it. He's your full-service uh, jewelry store. I mean, he does the repairs for a lot of the big jewelry stores here in the city. They send to him their jewelry that needs to be uh, repaired. So stop by, see Eric, see what he can do for you, see what he's got, and uh, see what you can get to that special someone you want to pay, you know, buy him a piece of jewelry. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. And we've been talking about the uh, Artemis that's on the launch pad. Now, there are other things going on, but I was a little bit upset today. They send me a thing every morning uh, that says, Dave, here's uh, the big stories everybody's kind of talking about today. And I, I get I get 10 stories, and not one of them mentions Artemis 1. Yeah, no, no one gets excited for uh, space launches anymore. I think it was kind well, of well. This is different about. than the I shuttle. Know. That's the thing is, this is different. It. It's uh, we're we're preparing to do something big, not just uh, go back to the moon, but yeah. uh, get our first uh, basically our hopscotch to Mars. But I, they were joking about it way back in the '90s on The Simpsons, that episode where they put Homer in space, and the the whole reason why they put Homer in space was because NASA's cable channel was getting low ratings, and they needed something <laughs> to boost it. So, and I mean, they've been they've been making the joke that we just aren't excited for space launches anymore. And, I, I mean, I think about the stuff that they've done, and when you just think about it, it's really exciting. But, I mean, when we have a, a cable network that shows us space launches every week, you know, it, flying on an airplane should be exciting. But now it's just so commonplace. Yeah, now everybody we, does it. Yeah, we launch, um, I mean, not just America, but other countries, they launch, um, you know, space capsules. We have satellites. I mean, we have private companies making their own space shuttles, launching their own satellites. It's just, it's so commonplace now. No one really gets fired up Well, here's it. a key about it. <laughs> Nobody gets fired up about it, but who's walked on the moon? <laughs> right? Huh? Who's walked on the moon? Oh, there's the, you who still have your aluminum foil hats on. <laughs> Don't believe that we yeah. went, that it was all done in a studio somewhere. By Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. But bottom line is, you know, if anybody from another country walked on the moon, it only was because America took them there. Right. And now what's, what's stopping them if their space program yeah, is so great? I agree. Yeah. They, they send capsules and stuff, yeah. and, they, and they circle the moon, but they don't get down there and walk uh, around on it. They haven't left footprints up there. And, which, you know the, and what country put a person on the moon who hit a golf ball for like three <laughs> miles? <laughs> only America has done that. 
All right, go ahead, Artie. I'm right? just saying the sad thing is the same technology that takes people to the moon is the same technology that you put a nuclear warhead in outer space and then take it around the, the Earth and drop it in somebody's backyard. So thank you, Bill Clinton, for sharing that with the rest of the world. Well, good sides to technology. There's good sides and bad sides. There's a, uh, the, the sword cuts both ways, as they that's say. exactly yeah. right. And, and, that's, and that's true. There's no doubt about it. I mean, look. A lot of the people who helped us get the space program off the ground, United States, former Nazis. Yeah, all paper clipped into service. Yeah, yeah, yeah the uh, the, the nuclear program. Right. Yeah, the nuclear program. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, that was Oppenheimer. Okay, he wasn't a. a he was like Warner von Braun. Yeah, you know, von Braun. Yeah. yeah, I mean nobody said anything bad about him <laughs> after. He, I mean, he's considered the, the father of, the, of he, NASA. Yeah, he was. Um, she's been in a movie like with he was the whole plot October Sky that's the movie I'm yeah, thinking oh, that's he was great. like considered the hero of the main character I've had him movie. on yeah <laughs> I've had the, the, the yeah. author of that book on and yeah he was he was his hero and then he found out he was a Nazi <laughs> heck I mean a lot of innovators we had were either Nazis or Nazi sympathizers like Henry Ford you know yeah. so sometimes you just got like well he gave us the automobile not a great guy but he gave us the automobile it's like Lindbergh <laughs> Lindbergh. Oh, man, yeah, Lindbergh. Yeah, he, that guy was, if you look into a, some of his stuff, that a guy eugenic, was a monster. He was a eugenicide yeah. kind of person. Crossed the Atlantic, but I mean, geez. Was he Canadian? No, he's American. American, American. yeah. but He's the one who flew from America to Paris. First yeah. man to go, that went transatlantic. He was also very pro-Aryan. He was, he was a bit oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. He, he did. He, in fact, uh, you know, there's people who still believe that it was he himself who set up the uh, the kidnapping, uh, the kidnapping yeah. of his child so that he could die because he had he he wasn't as perfect yeah. as Lindbergh wanted his child to be. Yeah, that, now don't don't take that. That's, that's been said. It doesn't mean that can it's you get, true. Can you get sued for, uh, for slander for, over know. the Lindbergh baby? I don't know if you can still get but sued for that. Saying, but I, but I, I try yeah. to be as yeah. right on with people as but I possibly can. A lot of the, the evidence on, on how Lindbergh treated his, his baby who was imperfect was, is, is crazy. They had things like thumb screws back then because he didn't believe in thumb sucking. That was bad. So, I mean, it was legal back in the 1920s to basically chain your baby's thumbs up, you know, into the crib so they couldn't reach them with their mouth, you know, and that was just the way like no, I want I want a perfect child, no thumb sucking, and his kids, you know, like only three months old, you know, just stuff like that. It's it's crazy. I mean, he was not. I don't even remember if the kid had blonde hair or not. I no, mean, he didn't. Did he oh, have? A, that's a strike he, against. Did him. he have a perfect wife? No, um, he actually had several. <laughs> mi- he had several mistresses uh, trying to create a perfect Aryan kid. So even even Lindbergh himself wasn't Aryan. Didn't he have brown hair? I think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I just know he was a little bit strange. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit strange. So anyway, um, we'll we'll keep you up to date. They're 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 filling up uh, Artemis One as we speak. Launch time is a window. Now, if you if you've been around the space program for any length of time, like I have since the beginning, uh, you've got windows for launch. Uh, and right now, they're looking weather wise that it's Florida pop-up thunderstorm so they're saying late this afternoon they probably couldn't go uh, a lot of it has to do with where cape canaveral is and getting it lined up with the shortest trajectory to the moon and all the rest of all the calculations that go into that and uh, so 
the 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 window today right now is 8:33 eastern at 7:33 our time until um 10:33 Eastern or 9:33 our time, so we'll be about a two-hour window. Be listening, yeah, right, yeah, for right now. They might be able to open up some more time. They they'll have to recalculate this recalculating with their computers now. A pro, it's probably a lot easier than it used to be when they had Big Blue sitting over in some building taking up like nine floors for the computer that they had because they were using vacuum tubes back. <laughs> And you could still beat it at chess, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, really, it's just really crazy. I mean, I think back at technology. Think about some of the things that came out, uh, and I'll just throw them out. Real Velcro, yeah. TV dinners, Tang yeah. came out. GPS came out of the space program. We'll talk more about it as we continue. It's the Dave Ellswick show. We got some news for you. Back with you. It is uh, six thirty-five. We got into a really interesting discussion during the break, and that is, I was talking about I'll be seventy in uh, February, and uh, that to me is a big milestone. Number one, I used to sing "Hope I Die Before I Get Old." Now I hope I'm really old when I die. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the. Uh, and I was just talking about there's a lot of things that probably I'm not going to get to do in my lifetime that I wanted to do. One thing I've done some I wouldn't even call it whitewater rafting. Mm-hmm. All right, it was a little rough, but it wasn't really whitewater rafting. I haven't gone down to Colorado. I would love to do that, but I've not done that. I've skydived and all oh, of that. Wow. That was no big deal. Um, I've done it, you know, I've walked out of an, a, a well-working plane in the military, and I've walked, I've jumped out of little tiny Piper Cubs up, mm-hmm. uh, taking us up and, and doing our thing. But anyway, uh, there's some things I still want to do. I want to get to England. I haven't been over there yet, and that's where my my ancestors come from, except uh, from my father's side. Uh, we were Saxons, I know that, and I want to get over there. There's, in fact, a... A city within the city, and I think it's not, um, I can't think of what the city's name. It's a big city, Manchester or somebody like that. But in the middle, there is a small town called Ellswick. (laughs) And uh, it's named after my family, so I want to get over there and check it out. Ellswick, England? You can look up, you can type in Ellswick, England, and it'll pop up. Yeah, it's there. You got Ellswick Gunpowder Factory, Ellswick Bicycles, Ellswick Shipbuilding. I, and I want to go over and learn a little bit about my history over there. Sure. Now, on the other side, my mother and her family, their last name is Jager. You know what that is? That's pure German. German. Gypsies. No, they weren't gypsy. All I know is this. I'm figuring that that's why I'm so conflicted at times. The English and the German. (laughs) I feel like most Europeans are probably a mix of of everything going on over there. Yeah, you've got to mix those bloodlines up real good. But anyway, I want to get over there and sing a little bit about King Alfred and things of that nature and check it out. It's better to have a bloodline that's mixed than one that's not. (laughs) You end up with with four thumbs or something. Yeah, Yeah, four eyes. Well, I, look, yeah. I looked it up Thank on Google. Arkansas. Okay, now wait, Paul. Uh, or, yeah, Paul looked up Ellswick, England. I, I did. I found it, and actually, when I when I typed in Ellswick on Google Maps, that was the one of first the first thing things that came, came up. up. Yeah, even before I put in England. It's true. I'm gonna, so, that, yeah, that's it's, my bucket list. 
It's second of, place I want to go. First could, place is Israel, but second place is cent- over there in Ellsworth. Basically central England. There by um, what's the big city? Um, it's it's near. Um, it's near. Um, oh. Can you Dave, we could probably find here. somebody to buy you a one-way ticket over yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> There's some people, some people from the left who definitely like to do that. I'm, su- I'm sure. surprised you never had one of those cartoon moments where you get a letter in the mail saying, like, your great uh, Lord Ellswick you know, just passed away and you've inherited his haunted castle. You have to sleep there for a night. To- I've talked about that on the air before. I really have. I've wondered. I've wondered. So it's not too terribly far from Liverpool, I think. But no. it's yeah. So maybe looking at the key on this thing. Well, that's it's, how it's, I found out about it. It's maybe I, thirty or forty miles from Liverpool. Yeah, I was reading an article in Rolling Stone magazine with Paul McCartney, and he was talking about the beginning of the Beatles, and he talked about a buddy that he used to sit down and and scribble out songs with, mm-hmm. and he lived on Ellswick Street in Liverpool. Hmm. And I looked at that, and I thought to myself, yeah, so what serial killer was that Ellswick that they they probably hung him there on the corner or something, and that's why it's called Ellswick Street, and found out that the Ellswicks have quite a, a history over in, in England. So I want to go get over there and, before I die and see it, you know. I'm not, look, I'm not predicting I'll be dead tomorrow. Here's what I'm predicting. When God says come home, I don't have any second uh, chances with that. I'll be on my way. And so anyway, uh, I'm, I so just want to get over and see. There's an Ellswick Memorial United Reformed Church I'm seeing on the map here. Let's oh, see the Church of Ellswick. They're trying to reform them. Yeah, they're trying to reform it. They're trying to reform him over here, too. There's a, there's a Bonds of Ellswick. <laughs> a Bonds? Bonds of Ellswick. I'm not sure what that means. I don't either. It's be- Actually, it's a restaurant, I think. Oh, cool. Um, it's so funny. It like shows a, a nice one for A minute ago, you, you, were, you were saying that, oh, you know, it's not far from Liverpool, only 30, 40 miles. That's a lot for a European. You ever talk to them about, you know, like what they consider a, a long drive, like 40 miles, and you're still in the same country? Like, I'm still in Texas. <laughs> One of the weirdest things that I've ever experienced is when I worked up in North Dakota in Grand Forks. And the people in North Dakota, just to drive from one side of the city to the other was, you want me to come that far? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? This is crazy. I know. Your ancestors went across the plains in a in a you know a, a covered a wagon, wagon, and half of them died. Yeah, well, stacked up a here? bunch of grass to live in. Yes, a bunch of sodbusters. All right, so six forty one. But we've been talking about Artemis is going up, and uh, we'll keep you appraised of what's going on. There's some little there's some problems right now, but that's to be expected as. Uh, they move along. There's a lot of moving parts in a rocket, yeah. to put it that way. It's kind of a miracle any of that stuff works, that we actually get up there. <laughs> I agree. All right. With that said, the biggest story of the day is what we found out since Friday, is that Facebook colluded with the FBI to shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story mm-hmm. before the 2020 election. Okay. Have you heard this whole story? Yeah. Yeah, the FBI, you know, called uh, Facebook and said, hey, we're really worried about Russian collusion. All right. You might be be on the lookout. And so uh, Zuckerberg and uh, his people aren't hearing about uh, this Hunter Biden story, and they're thinking it's it's Russian collusion. So they sit on it for like two weeks. 
Yeah. He said we didn't. We didn't. What? How did? How did he put? Mark Zuckerberg put it. We didn't uh, uh, censor it. We just kept it from going viral. Oh yeah, that, that's <laughs> totally different things. <laughs> you know what, what was that quote from uh, Nixon that pretty much like uh, doomed him? It was like it's when the president does it, it's not illegal. That's right. You know, that's like, what he said, <laughs> right? He's uh, the one who said it. We, we didn't censor it. We just put your put our hands over your mouth. Yeah, yeah. it's just really kind of crazy on that. It's uh, the Wall Street Journal reported. When Facebook throttled the Hunter Biden laptop story three weeks before the 2020 election, it was mindful of a warning about Russia propaganda that it had received from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, that's according to Mark Zuckerberg, who discussed it on Joe Rogan's podcast. Unlike Twitter, which completely blocked users from sharing the New York Post reporting on the laptop, if you remember, New York Post is one that broke the story, Uh, Facebook merely limited its virile reach for uh, roughly about a week, Mr. Zuckerberg said, while fact checkers were trying to determine whether the story was true or not, the ranking in news feed was a little bit less, so fewer people saw it than what would have otherwise. He didn't know numbers offhand, though it was meaningful. Well, when they say that, you know, I didn't censor it or I just throttled it or kept it from going viral. Now, if anybody who uses Facebook remembers what that meant, how they actually operated, that meant that the fact checkers put a, uh, a stamp on your post saying that this has been fact checked as false news um, or they would they would hide the post like, oh, we didn't delete the post. We just hit it so nobody could see it. And like totally different thing. It's, it might as well be deleted if no one can see it. And that was what they were doing. Like, they were suspending accounts if anybody posted or shared. So, so you have two or three thousand friends, and your your mother's the only one that sees. Yeah, it. exactly. The one who shares minions memes. You know, she's the <laughs> only one who can see your your uh, your post about the Biden laptop. But they were they were suspending accounts if you if you shared it, if you tweeted it, and and that's what they mean by throttling it. Like that's the actual nitty gritty of it. Um, it's far more insidious than the way they make it sound. Oh, of course it yeah. is. Of course. I mean, Molly uh, Molly Hemingway said this. I loved her tweet. I'm I'm all about Molly. She's a great person. The FBI rigged the 2020 election. Yeah. How about yeah, that? Imagine it. And, okay. and, and, of course, we're going to see great accountability. They're going to arrest oh, some of these sure. FBI yeah. agents and hold them accountable. Well, right? they'll be in jail with everybody else that was yeah. part of the Hillary campaign. Oh, right. They didn't, thro- right. Right. They didn't throttle Russian collusion, right, did right, they? Right, no. Right, right along no. with the, I just with, said. Right along with the clients of Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, right. Yeah. They, they have that list. They, they, they've hidden that list, you know, so nobody can see it. But how many people on there have been arrested? Zip. None. A lot of people have committed suicide or been found mysteriously dead. Yeah. They shot themselves in the back of the head four yeah. or five times. Yeah, right. <laughs> Rolled around in the carpet and carried the, the carpet fibers <laughs> tens or 20 miles away. Yeah. They were suicided. Yeah, yeah they suicided. were suicided. That's a verb. <laughs> yeah. You can make that and make it into Thank a the verb. Clintons for that. Suicided. They, they gave us a new verb. Thank you, Clintons. <laughs> anyway, so that uh, that's I thought was probably the biggest story and for you on the left who believes everything basically that's over on the uh, uh the internet and on the right there's a lot of people who believe everything that comes out on the right. No, Folks, they're, they're all lying to well, us. Yes, I mean, there are people who have been trained, you know, to believe like, oh, if Snopes says it's true or says it's false, then that must be the facts. 
And I'm like, well, no, Snopes is is just as easily. Uh, They're uh, a bunch of lefties fraudulent. anyway. Yeah. Remember, remember the, the the uh, Hunter Biden crack pipe? Snopes said false, 100 <laughs> percent false. And then yeah. once you scroll down below all the advertisements, there's a little like a nine point font that says However. like, ever it was a meth pipe. Yeah, yeah that's However. Yes, not, not not a crack pipe. It's a meth yeah. pipe. Meth pipe. Right. Totally different. That's yeah. good. Not, right. Yeah. See, it said crack pipe. It didn't say meth pipe. <laughs> yeah. What can yeah. it say? That's how corrupt all those things they are. They are. People Corrupt. Yeah, people believe it though. People are like, oh, Fauci says that we we should do this. Straight. Yeah, get your facts straight. Depends on what your definition of a crack <laughs> pipe is or crack pot. Yeah, there's a lot of that a going of on. Believe pots. me. All right, let's get a break in here, and then we'll come back and pick it up again at six forty-six in the morning. Uh, Artemis sits out on the launch pad. I haven't jumped on the internet to see exactly where they're at and refueling if they've been able see they've been trying to warm the engines up a little bit which makes well what happens when something gets warmer it swells Mm -hmm. so they're hoping by getting it a little bit warm some of those uh seams will seal up not the seams it's um O-rings will swell a little bit. I mean, it's going to get really hot, then it's going to get really cold once it goes up into the upper atmosphere. When it takes off, it's going to be really cold, too, because that's being... That stuff is cold, cold, cold when it's loaded up. They got a guy going around with like a little handheld torch, you know, just kind of <laughs> waving it over it yeah, a little a bit. Hair dryer. Yeah, hair. Hey, that would that would probably be safer as a hair dryer. Yeah, probably a hair dryer. Well, yeah, a torch is not something I put by. Rocket fuel. You remember yeah. airplane when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar opens the hood to check the, check the dipstick? Yeah, that's the way it all floor. works. Absolutely. All right. Oh, don't man. forget about PI roofing. Uh, if you need real news as far as how to save money on health insurance, that's where you go. Go talk to our good friends over there at uh, Pat Davis. By the way, Pat is up in, if I'm not mistaken, is in Milwaukee today. He is He's a big Brewer fan. So, no, he, that doesn't mean he drinks a lot of beer. No, he's a... Uh, Brewers in, uh, you know, Major League Baseball, and I believe they're playing the Padres this week, and he's going to see three games up there uh, in Milwaukee. He and his son-in-law, I think, are going up there. So have fun, Pat. Enjoy the ball game up there. But uh, you can call. They've got people there ready to help you. Save 30 to 50% on your health insurance. Uh, No co-pays. No uh, big, big, big deductible, so pull those back. And many times you'll get a, a check from the from the hospital or from your doctor because uh, the way that they do their health insurance saves you a lot of money. You need to talk, Pat, about that. Call Pat Davis at 501-605-6935, and uh, it's yourhealthplanman.com. You know, they. I've been watching uh, the the weather on uh, television, and they're really disappointed because we haven't had that much hurricane activity. Uh-oh. We've only had uh, two named storms, and I think it's, there's a new one now that they think they're going to name it. And, I mean, you listen to them, it's like, what are we supposed to do? We can't get outside, and it's like we're being blown away. You know, I mean, it's you've watched the people that are on the, that were on the weather channel and all that because they can't they can't promote their global warming oh, it's global cooling now yeah. but it, it yeah. just but it cracks me up because there there are just certain shots now you know you're going to see 
when they're going to be down by the Gulf or whatever, and there's a big storm coming, and somebody will be holding on to a do not parking sign or, or something. Or stop sign, and they'll yeah. be yelling into their mic. Yeah. It, as like the, the it's palms. really blowing yeah. out here. <laughs> as, they, as they have, as they, and if you actually pan out wider, you can see all the blowers they have on the side. Yeah. Yeah. The I industrial fan. You, it's crazy. Some with I mean, buckets of water splashing. They don't know yeah. what to do now. They don't have any weather to talk about. Oh, well, they're talking about flooding. I mean, if they, they've taken it on the chin pretty hard this last uh, week in Mississippi. In Mississippi. Yeah. And it's I mean, in Jackson. They're telling the people to get out right now. And they're not even expecting any more rain, but they've had the, so much rain the that the river is crusting. Yeah. So I think, what is I, it? The pearl, isn't it? The, maybe so. But I think, I think maybe what's, what's happening in some cases is that we've had, for the last hundred years or so, the government has been, been building levees. And every time you build levees, it funnels the water into the river channel. Into a narrow yes. river trip. And so yeah. you narrow you, – you, you continually – keep more and more water in that channel because it's because it can't go out on the out on the open flat ground and dissipate slowly and so you just send more and more water downstream and it's got to go somewhere what country so, well, i'm sorry go ahead uh, so it was it was recently in one of those just like you know scroll by it news posts but i don't know if it was like iceland or norway but the uh, the the river got a river got so low that they found carved into the stones the stone of the river these um, these lines that indicated drought from like two thousand years ago, and the, the lines would say ignore those. Yeah, that's the that's the funny thing is everyone's like, look, everybody, global warming, global warming. Like we can see the riverbed and we can see these things that haven't been visible in two thousand years. Like, but if they were visible two thousand years ago, then that means the weather hasn't really changed in two thousand years. We've just recycled. To, we've just like yeah. back to it or something. <laughs> Exactly. It, it, it means that, not, that we have, like, floods and droughts. Yeah, but we're not dealing – the problem is we're not dealing with real scientists. We're dealing with no, philosophers. Exactly. Yeah. In, with no. scientists. Zealots. Maybe. maybe. I mean, and philosophers yeah, – it's probably generous to call them philosophers. It's probably yeah. probably more like um, charlatans. You think there was a flood that made the Grand Canyon? There might have been a flood. Might have been. Might have been. It might have been of, of a biblical proportion. Right. I've kind right. of been – I've been kind of excited <laughs> watching the uh, – as I watched Lake Mead go down, some of the stuff they found mm. that had been covered oh, up by yeah, water yeah. for a lot of a lot of that. people that tried to screw over the bosses in Las Vegas, they're yeah. suddenly showing up again. A lot of cement oh. tennis shoes and all, the, all these cars with bodies in the trunk yeah. that got rolled over. Yeah, yeah they're starting uh-huh. to find them again. It's well, you know, that's well, the way it works. Google Maps has found a lot of those, too, just with the satellite view. People scrolling by and saying, is that a truck in the river? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's true. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Looking for, looking for Hoffa, <laughs> In just a moment, Heidi, I'll stand up and pull the drape down for you. She's sitting over there. Oh, the sun's. Yeah, look at her. I mean, she's. It was kind of a pretty sun, sunrise getting, earlier. Yeah, you're getting it pretty oh, good it right hurt, now. I need to pull it down. So anyway, with that said. How would you like to be driving down the road? You look up in your rearview mirror, there's blue lights, and a cop is pulling you over. Mm-hmm. And they come up, and they go, Rrr! and it's the Hulk. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno? Lou Ferrigno yeah. was, uh, was uh, sworn in as a deputy. What? Oh, man. How old is that I think guy? He's, I think he's in. doesn't matter. Have you seen him? 
he never yeah he never lost he, shape. Yeah. He would break he's, me he's, in half. He's, 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 he's yeah. still what is he about seventy years old? Yeah, he's gotta be that. Maybe no, but maybe he, older. He still does he still does conventions. So um so you've had him on the show, uh, Tim. Uh, he still greases and powders himself. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah Tim right. Lim. No, Tim Lim. So he's an audiologist, and Lou Ferrigno is a um, uh, a big spokesman for cochlear implants because uh, Lou Ferrigno is half deaf in is one he, ear. Yeah. So. Um, He's, he, he tours with all these audiology conventions. Tim has met him several times, and he also does the comic book circuit, you know, the comic okay. book conventions and stuff. But he's still in, in just, like, incredible shape. I mean, wow. a lot of those guys are. I mean, uh, Stallone is still in shape, you know. Like, Schwarzenegger just, you know. is in great shape. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, when you see, I mean, if Schwarzenegger went out of shape, and all his muscle turned he, into fat. He, oh my he, lord! He'd be Steven Seagal. He'd be like, I got well, it. Or, or even if he didn't, even if it didn't turn to fat, if it, like it. he'd probably have skin hanging everywhere. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that's how they make a living. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're not going to be doing Broadway anytime soon. No. Or, no. Or, did you? Have, he's you guys, not have you guys watched uh, Stallone's new movie, oh, no, uh, Samaritan? No, the last one I saw was the last Rambo movie he made. Well, Samaritan's pretty good. It's uh, it's an Amazon movie. Yeah. I watched it over the weekend, and I was impressed. He, it was, he's got a new. Let me just tell you, he, he was playing. He was playing Rocky. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was playing Rocky, who used to be a superhero. <laughs> it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> it's pretty wild. What are you doing? You know, like you know, that's the way he's talking yeah. to him. Yeah. It's, it's kind of talking he's qualified to play that part. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he, he does. But he did. It was an entertaining movie. Was it free on Amazon? Yeah, it was free. Yeah, well, it's not free. You're paying to You're see paying Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like saying is it, is it free on Disney Plus? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that didn't work. It doesn't cost extra. <laughs> I've I canceled uh, Disney Plus. I have nothing uh, to do with Disney Plus any more they just they they signed their own death warrant when they started talking about the percentage of gays they wanted to have the percentage of transsexuals they wanted and i said when you get back to saying here is the percentage of really good programming we're going to make you know that's the sad thing is you're also there it that's that messes over the good programming that doesn't have an agenda because nobody yeah, sees it. All right. I'd like to see the Obi-Wan, but was, I refuse. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Got another hour ahead of us with the power panel here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick around. So over the weekend, did you get uh, to watch uh, Granddad Bernie talk to George Stephanopoulos on I try to ABC? Watch as little of him as I possibly can. I watch. I watch all the Talking Heads. I record them every week, and on Sunday night, other than when uh, you know something is on that I really want to watch, other than that, uh, like last night, seeing the next segment of Game of Thrones, I watch that stuff. Yeah. And then I also watched a classic movie yesterday. North by Northwest oh. was on uh, Turner Classic, and I watched it. That's one of, I think that's one of Alfred Hitchcock's near-perfect movies yep. that he made in history. I'm going to show it 
as a classic again next year. 1959. Yeah. Great, great movie. So, yeah, you who go, black and white? What is, why is it black and white? <laughs> it's in color, so you don't have to worry about it, all right? It's still a classic. Anyway, Sanders rebuked Republicans and vulnerable Democrats who criticized Biden's decision to unilaterally forgive up to $10,000 for most borrowers. Sanders said Biden did the right thing and pushed for the even more radical policy of making public colleges tuition-free. So in my view, the president did the right thing, and we have got it to be, we got to be really thinking about higher education in general. And in my view, said uh, Sanders, at a time when hundreds of thousands of bright young people can't even afford to go to college, if we're going to be competitive in a global economy, we need to make public uh, colleges and universities tuition free. Oh, the socialist agrees with student loan uh, forgiveness and, and, the, and the taxpayer paying back all these uh, students who went and got a philosophy degree I know degree you got be you got to be feeling really good about this. Well, I mean, I, so I know you my opinions do not ref- uh, yeah, my opinions do not reflect um, the opinions or views of uh, UA Little Rock. That's so, correct. I, mean, I understand that. Yeah. Speaks so, on his own. Yeah, I mean, students, um, all these all these kids, I, what they needed to be taught before going to college was more like personal finance responsibility. Um, they needed to be taught that in college. Instead, they took out a $100,000 loan to get a, a women's studies degree and found that can't get them any job anywhere except to maybe BuzzFeed, you know, once they get out of college. Or they, can teach, or they can teach women's studies. Or they can teach women's, exactly. They, they, t- they got a degree so they can teach the, the subject of their degree, and it's good for nothing else. And... Uh, those people, and we, we have to give them their money back. And the taxpayers, the people who work hard and actually benefit the country, are the ones who have to, to put up the bill for these idiots. Yeah, why not just start firing a bunch of stupid professors? Yeah, you know. And yet, nothing happens. Nothing ever changes. Well, <laughs> well, hey, if you it think it's, it's, a fun, it's a funding program yeah. for, for the um, left in many cases, I think. Ooh, right. already. Go ahead. If, you th- if you think something expensive now, just wait until it's free. That's the way it always works. A lot of the garbage out there that we're seeing is coming from universities mm-hmm. with, with these professors who live in their own little, own little enclaves, their own little worlds away from the world, outside the, outside yeah. the real world. And they're funded, in many cases, due to government mandates for college degrees. Ah, Academia is just like a – it's a microcosm of how government works. I mean, if I want to order a coffee mug, we have have bidders because we have uh, contracts. And so one coffee mug can cost us something like $40. And that's the way it is in the government, isn't it? Oh, you have contracts. You can't just go and buy, you know, whatever you want. You have to go through the contract. Oh, you know, it, you, you get catering? No, you have to go through the catering company that, that we have a contract with. So it's going to be $70 for that cup of coffee, that kind of thing. And that, that's what it's like in a university. That's what it's like in the government. Um, and it, it doesn't work. It's not realistic. But people who only know that environment think that's the way the rest of the world well, and, should and, be. And, and then they lobby the government to keep these regulations and yeah. such in place. And so you've got you've – got, um, self-interested lobbyists that go to the Capitol and and they will lobby for laws that don't have any basis in safety yeah. or 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 or, um, or or people's rights I mean in many when, cases but it's like I, I saw a guy a while back that was um, there was a piece of legislation to eliminate the requirement for barbers to be licensed and guess who one of the main um, people who was opposed to this was he was a guy who owned a barber school. Like, oh, I'm yeah. going to go out of business if you put this. If yeah. you, if you, well, no, that's not the the job of the government is not to keep yeah. you in business. 
the job of the government is to protect people's rights. If the barber licensing isn't protecting people's rights, we should eliminate it tomorrow. You, you have to be licensed to paint a house. You can't just go and paint somebody's house. You have to get a license to do that, you know, to paint a, a house. Um, but and, and who would oppose, like, why don't we just abolish that license so anybody can paint a house? Like, no. Establish but, painters. Yeah. But exactly. And, and, that's, and, that's, and that's not entirely true. I mean, if, if you just want to go paint somebody's house, yeah. you can do that and they can pay you. But if it's, I think if you, if you get over a certain threshold yeah. of um, – uh, like of, revenue yeah. of, of pay yeah. per job, I think. But but the reality is that in many cases, what you see is the licensed licensing comes at the request of the industry, not the not yeah. the consumers. And every it, time, but it's but it's 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 usually the argument is well, we need to protect the consumers. Well, where are the consumers? Who the price just doubled. The exactly. Consu- just like towing, you can look at the towing board. How many boards are there in the state of Arkansas? What they do is they get together and say, hey, we want to put a board together and regulate ourselves and make sure everybody's on the level right. in what they do. They put the charlatans uh, in control. Uh, they get in control and they raise the prices and they raise the insurance and the cost of overhead and right. eliminate so, their competition. So you, you, or even if you don't eliminate the competition, you put a limit on the competition. And so instead Instead of um, maybe the market would would regulate things to seventy five bucks an hour for some of these different practitioners, the, the, maybe the heat and air guy or electricians. But but when the when the government regulations cause there to be a shortage, they go from seventy five dollars an hour to two hundred fifty dollars an yeah. hour because the reality is there's not enough of them around to actually do the work. Well, when you hire when you're an organization in an industry and you hire someone and their job is to make rules and policies and regulations and that's what they're going to do. They're going to make rules and policies and regulations just to justify their position and their paycheck, even if those rules and policies get in the way of everything and make no logical well, sense. And sometimes Everybody they make a tiny bit of logical sense. So, so, sometimes you can look at something. Well, you know, if we if we make this regulation. It will save one life this year, but it will cost forty-seven billion dollars. Yeah. You know that's not worth it. Uh, how can you put a price tag on a human life? You're you a monster. Because, to, yeah. Yeah, because the, the cost. I need some. Because to 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 do the business to make that forty-seven billion dollars, it takes. Five hundred thousand lives. Yeah. We can't. We can't make our own decisions, Paul. I know. We're just we can't stupid. be. We can't be trusted to buy insurance from somebody we don't know. We can't be trusted to hire a record service unless somebody regulates right. it right. for us. Because, so it's the government's job to protect us uh, from ourselves and make I'm, our I'm decisions clearly, for us. I'm clearly too stupid to hire my friend RD to come pull me out of the ditch. I was with you there at the beginning, but <laughs> well, I mean, I, so no. I used you to, brought me into it. I, I used to, I used to live in Virginia, and it is so. You know, I've I've had friends here in Arkansas complain about you know how much they have to pay and this and that. You know, property taxes and assessments and things just to drive their car. Like I'm from Virginia, and in addition to property tax and assessments, you have to get your state inspection sticker. That'll cost you. You have to get your emission sticker. Violation. Yeah, and exactly, and the, the, the emissions sticker that I got to get every year, which costs $80, or it did back in 2012, probably costs more now. Like, I didn't vote for that. I didn't choose that. Like, how is this, how is me paying an extra 80 bucks a year somehow saving the environment? You know, compulsory. I didn't have a choice. Like, well, if you want to drive your car, you better get that sticker, or you're going to get pulled over, and your car's going to get impounded. The squirrels made the decision for Yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> but someone somewhere in <laughs> and, and a, and a board in Virginia, and like, we need a new policy that'll generate extra revenue for us. Okay, let's make everybody have to pay for another sticker on their car. Okay, so so a lot of people say, listen to 
to Sanders, he's blasting Biden. But listen to what he says. He said that Biden gave $10,000. That's not enough, according to Sanders. Sanders. Sanders says he thinks we should make public colleges tuition free. Now, well, that would help the leftist agenda. Yeah, that's the first well, they, thing they I think. Have government. They already have public schools. Well, why, don't, why not give them colleges, too? That's they the first totally tax-funded. Everybody get indoctrinated for free. And for, they, for they have, they have, yeah. so they've got, everybody comes. Bring everybody and we'll they've got thirteen. They've already got 13 years. Why not give them another four? Exactly. Or five or six or whatever it comes out to. And they have no choice over the curriculum. You know, the government will choose the curriculum for sure. them. And we might as well go ahead and do preschool and, and, and infant daycare, too, yeah. so they have them from the time they're changing their diet. Diapers on up to their about twenty five. Yeah. You know, public colleges. You know, let those go to uh, to a master's degree or a PhD. Keep them in there for ten, twelve years. Sure. They'll be forty five by the time they get out into the real world. Right, and, and they still can't <laughs> even wipe themselves. Yeah. <laughs> what what we're going to find out pretty soon, guys, is how conservative are our Republicans in Arkansas when it comes to school choice and actually trusting parents and students to choose whether they want to go to a private yeah, school I mean, and take their money with them fight, or not. Will they fight for this? I mean, I know who I'm going to be voting for in November, and it's going to be for the people that I, I trust will fight for these sorts of things. And um, if, if they get elected and they don't, well, I'll just be very disappointed again, and I'll remember that next time. So, so one of the things that people need to do is call your representatives. Yeah. Because the thing is that, that when these when these pieces of legislation come up, the legislators will be hammered by the government-funded lobbyists, i.e. the teachers mm-hmm. and, and administrators, because they, they t- the, the loser teachers will tend to, they'll stand to get fired because if, if, pe- if the good parents out there decide, you know what, I'm going to put my kid in this private school over here because it's so much better than this public school because their, their teacher last year was a loser. Yeah. They, they, were, they were screaming at my kids or they were, they were just terrible in class. And so they said, you know, I don't want my kid in that class. I would rather have them in this Christian school over here. And so they would pull them out. And so th- this and let them th- scream at them in the Christian school. Yeah. Right. right. Now, now as there a – may not be a drag. As a voter. Might a drag show. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so, oh, God. So, I mean, as a voter, your job, and it comes to your relationship with your representative, is you have to be more persuasive than the lobbyists. And the lobbyists have money on their side. All you have is your voice. You have to be more right. persuasive than money. So and that some, means and Donate well, money. Well, <laughs> actually, and, and you it's don't have true. to be all that persuasive. Just call them up and just tell them. You, it can be a it can be a fifteen second phone call. It can just be mm-hmm. call them up and say, please vote for this legislation or please vote against this legislation. Yeah. Be polite. Don't scream at them. Don't cuss them out. They don't have time to talk to you for forty five minutes. A lot yeah. of times, just 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 talk to them for for ten seconds. Don't, I, don't waste their time. Got to get a break in. Hold your hold your hold your 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 gunpowder. All right, we'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Eighteen minutes after seven, Nick Horton going to be here in the nine o'clock hour. We'll be talking to Nick. You'll remember Nick from many years ago when he was fighting to keep a swimming pool from being built in Searcy. Yeah, he lost that battle, but that's okay. We'll talk to him about other and bigger things that he's moved on to. Don't forget about East End Towing. They know all of the laws. They know the the figures and all of that. They know the difference between private property and public property and what they can do when they tow your car. So when it's uh, your turn to be on the side of the highway, and it's always somebody's turn, talk to East End Towing at 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. All right, back with you, 722. Brian's on the phone, wants to join with us today. Hey, Brian, how are you? 
I'm good, Dave. How about yourself? I'm doing good. What do you got for us? Well, I used to live in Northern Virginia years ago, and uh, yeah, the inspection thing was kind of a racket for the gas stations, service stations that performed them, and uh, you know, having wipers replaced, this and that. <laughs> Um, At twelve or fourteen dollars a piece. Oh yeah. Well, we have some problems here in Little Rock with cars that could not pass the inspection, such as we used to have. Uh, You've got automobiles driving with just headlights or one headlight, uh, no tail lights. Because I run in the dark uh, quite frequently, and I see all this. what we, I think, should do is uh, have those people pulled over, ticket them, and give them a set period of time, like seven days, to get a repair affected and go to an inspection station and have that repair inspected. Uh, and then if it's not repaired, then it could be impounded. I mean, uh, if people are driving a car that's not up to code, pull them over and ticket them. But don't make every you know, resident of Arkansas have to pay a state inspection sticker. But, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. Sure, I, think that, yeah. I think that is the constitutional approach is you see someone who's in violation and driving a dangerous car, you pull them over and you hold them accountable. But when you search everyone, that's, I think that's a pretty clear violation of not only the letter of the Fourth Amendment, but also the spirit as well. Agreed. And a lot of them have no license plate lights, which is also a violation. I don't know if... Which is not a safety issue. Well, no, but it's a police issue because you can't read their license plate when they're breaking into your car in the driveway or Mm -hmm. uh, when they run a stop sign in your neighborhood. How many people drive with no license plates around here? I've seen that a lot. Almost every day I see a car, like, passing me at 90 miles an hour on Cantrell, you know, with no license plate. Like, oh, their excuse is like, oh, I just bought it, and the paper license plate fell off, like, six months ago when I bought the car or something, yeah. But that is a reality, though. You don't have to have a license plate when you first buy the car, but for 30 days, I think, or something. Yeah. But it's, it's abused. <laughs> That's a good idea. With the modern technology, you could not even ha- have to worry about the uh, inspection so much because if there's a second offense, there should be enough technology. If they're pulled over the second time, you could see the first time. So well, yeah, all, all you'd have to do have is ratchet up. the computer that it's in their car. Right. Isn't so that, you could doesn't say, that show up? You could say the first time you're going to get a ticket, and the ne- next time you get mm-hmm. stopped, then we're going to impound your car. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, well, no, I think would, there's a way to do it that actually targets, like you say, the, the problem instead of targeting everyone. Well, well, that makes a lot more sense than the, than the well, universal when, when I was living in uh, Fairfax County in Northern Virginia, I once got pulled over in my 20s because I was driving my dad's car. A cop was following me. I was I was obeying all the rules, but he was punching the license plate into the system to see who owned the car. Saw that the car was owned by a man in his 60s, and the guy driving it was a man in his 20s. So he pulled me over to ask for my license and, and everything and see what my relationship with the owner, if, li- if I was approved to drive. And he had all that in his computer on, on his car. Right, I didn't break that, any that laws. should have been arrested for doing yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't break any laws. Northern Virginia's got a lot of police it's actually it's yeah. when i lived there it was very safe but you also would just like they get just, pulled over for everything they, they were they, they were, were bored. bored they were bored yeah right, right. And that's, yeah. that's just a constitutional violation go ahead brian let me finish up i was just going to say that's just good police work and i lived in fairfax county in springfield in the 60s yeah uh yeah and they were all over the place and every little town like up in pennsylvania around philly uh you know about every six blocks you're in another township with its own police force mm-hmm 
So it, it is kind of a moneymaker, but it also, you don't see a lot of the BS that you see on the Little Rock. Oh, street. I mean, that's the thing is I almost, in a way, it was nice because when I was a, a kid, a teenager, my first job was at a Blockbuster video, and I would walk home at night at 1 in the morning, and I never felt like I wasn't safe. And this was in Springfield, by the way. Hey, fellow Springfield yeah. night. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you go to uh, Robert E. Lee High School? My buddy? my parents did. I went to West Springfield, though. Uh, my my brother is actually the the head track coach at West Springfield. Go, yeah. No so, yep, go Spartans. Um, I went to Springfield State Elementary. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, so I, when I was when I was in elementary school, or actually in Fairfax City, so I went to Germantown Elementary, which doesn't exist anymore. It's called Providence, but I think I'm boring everybody at home who's not part of this conversation. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's entertaining the heck out of me. All right, yeah. all right, Brian. Thanks for your thanks call. For we appreciate it, and you do have uh, some right to say what you're saying for sure here on my show. But I, I agree with what he's saying, and I don't understand why they can't have. Uh, the computers in your car that shows any time that you've been stopped. You know, because what happened a lot of times is they'll give you a warning. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that that's f- fine and good to fix something. If that's what they're telling you got to do, that should show up any time you're stopped again. Yeah. And if it's for that reason, then you should be given a I ticket. Mean, the only time I've ever been given a ticket in my life was when I – it was back in uh, Springfield. But I, uh, my, my tags were expired. I hadn't gotten them in the mail yet. And so it was the first day of the next month. My tag was one day old, got pulled over, got like a $600 ticket. Something Ooh. insane. Yeah, it was so crazy. You, so you had Ouch. paid your registration. You'd done all your stuff. But it just hadn't. It just hadn't come in the mail. And even after I explained that to him, like it just hasn't come in the mail. You know, it's it's like that excuse, like the checks in the mail. You know, they they weren't going to believe me. Like, nope, here's your ticket. Did you? Did you? uh did you sue the Postal Service? <laughs> Did I sue them? Yeah, for being late so with that, registration? That would be nice. $600 sounds like one of those things. It would yeah. probably qualify as an Eighth Amendment violation for excessive fines. Well, you yeah. know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, tickets, I mean, I watch like an old, like, 19, like, like watch like the Munsters, right? And, and Herman's out there in the Dragula, and he gets pulled over by a cop, and they write him a ticket, you know, for like 50 bucks, and he's just got to go and pay it. Like, it's just a minor inconvenience, you know? Now you, you get stopped, and you get a ticket. Like, oh, man, there goes my life savings. Yeah, <laughs> it can happen. I, I do know this is that I wish that uh, the cops out on the highway and I'm talking about 67, 167 I-40, I-30 or whatever, would crack down on these people who are pulling trailers that have no taillights. Oh, yeah. It's have dangerous. none at all. I mean, they're just dark on their trailers. How about the people that have one car pulling four cars? Yeah, they've got a problem <laughs> with that, too. And none of them have, none of them have lights on them. But, they're, you know, well, they're going down to the border to give it right, to the people who just cross. Oh, they're exempt from yes. our laws. Oh, they're exempt. I'm I mean, sorry. The, the craziest stuff that I see is, I mean, so uh, Tim is in Pine Bluff, and that's where the studio where do our comics are, are at. And so try driving that 3 a.m. drive from Pine Bluff back to Little Rock, you see the craziest people out there in that stretch of road where there's just, it's dark and there's no one Talk out there. Talking about 540? Yeah, yeah oh, where okay. just anything goes out there at that time of night on that stretch of road. Wild, <laughs> the Wild West. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not busy traffic. Though. Yeah, it's not busy traffic. I, I can zoom by at 90 miles an hour, but still. <laughs> All right, let's take another break. Final uh, uh, break at the halfway part of this hour. Don't forget, Nick Horton is coming up. He'll be with us at 9 o'clock. Uh, if you don't remember, Nick, Nick is uh, one of those people that likes to look at the ones and zeros 
that uh, show up for the cost of things, and I'm sure he'll have some interesting things to talk to us about. He and works with a national a organization yeah, now, so we'll talk to him here coming up at 9 o'clock. All right, it's uh, 25 minutes until uh, 8 o'clock, and I wanted to touch on a local story that you may not have heard about, but uh, over, the, I guess it was Friday, it was determined that Menifee, Arkansas, could no longer write tickets because they were writing too many tickets. Kind of for padding their city budget. Now, well, yeah, well, the budget, the way it works is that I think – if I'm not mistaken, now this is me talking kind of out of school because I don't have it right in front of me, but you cannot get more than 20% of your city budget from traffic infractions. Uh, this is what happened to uh, Damascus, Damascus uh, a few uh, years ago. Yeah, and Cody, Cody Highland, uh, shut, yeah, them Highland down, shut them down. And and that's the way it should be because they were just, it was a speed trap. I mean, it used to be when I was going to Branson, I'd head up 64. When I went through Damascus and B Branch, I went under the speed limit. I went under it to make I it. I went on for years till they stopped the yeah. legislature. Yeah. 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 It's a rare display of honesty from even a local government to like police their police. Say, oh, wow, there's something really corrupt going on. Like This is not benefiting anybody. It's just padding our budgets. But, so uh, let's do something about it. So I think it. what happens is that you've got, you've got low crime, but you've still got a, a local government that wants to have – have um, have power and, and, and money to play with. They and, want an MRAP. Well, and it, whatever it might be. And so their their police are bored, and so they're just sitting around. Rather than actually policing real crime, they're just harassing people on the roads yeah, that aren't hurting anybody. I think that's one of those things. If your police officers have enough time to sit all day with with yeah, with, well, a, with a radar gun pulling people over, you know, maybe you should fire them. If a police officer on a motorcycle pulls you over and tickets you for not wearing a seatbelt, then there's something fishy going yeah, on. Yeah, right? yeah, it probably is. Yeah, no, I that's have. Yeah. That, that I have been insane. pulled over when I when I deserved it. Well, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I had to. <laughs> it happens. I've been but over. I mean, I met my dad used to warn me about the end of the month, saying the end of the month is every police officer yeah. has a quota for how many tickets they have to write and how much revenue they have to earn, you know, for the city. So at the end of the month, they're all anxious for some tickets to meet their quota right. it's like which wow is, that's which is insane wrong. yeah that's insane that's that's just basically they they've become the what, what we used to call highwaymen yeah but someone did pass a law that there's a certain percentage that that is above and beyond what it was and that's excessive. how highland got damascus they went back and looked at at how many tickets had been written how much money they had raised versus how much the city budget was and I think they were at the, like the 35 percentile or something. That'd be something you could foil you. Could, you could foil you. Yeah, so you could foil you it now. You, you could I, do I think, that. I think you one of the things that. that probably needs to happen is that you shouldn't allow the city governments to keep any of that money because it, it's an incentive for them to prioritize things that are profitable to them. Yeah. So that, Because they, they might prioritize speeding You don't think a governor wouldn't rape. call a local sheriff and say, you yeah. know, we could use a few more dollars? They might. <laughs> they might. But the, but yeah. the thing is, don't, if you don't allow the city governments or county governments to have any of that money, send it directly back to taxpayers who are allegedly the victims of these crimes, yeah. um, 
because the fact is they're they have a financial incentive to prioritize the things that make them a profit as and maybe they'll put put the real crimes on the back burner so somebody rapes your mother that well we're going to put that on the back burner yeah. we're making money on these speeding tickets that that leads to the cash for kids scandal that i was going to bring yeah up. bring it up go if you look it up cash for kids judge ordered to pay 200 million dollars there were two pennsylvania judges that had a scandal who were sending children to uh, uh jails and were getting get kicked back from these private jails that they were sending wow. to. They were personally getting kickbacks. So they were getting oh, wow. personal kickbacks. They got oh, they should just they got them. millions. They got millions of dollars. So three hundred of these kids that got together, three hundred families got together on a civil suit, and the judges were found guilty in, in order to pay back. Uh, in order to pay a payback, two point eight million dollars. But some of these kids had committed suicide. Some of these kids right. no, I mean, were scarred for the life. The judges are paying fines, but they aren't doing time, which is it, what they should be doing. For no, something like I think that. I think they should be. They, I think they should probably arrange a meeting with God. Yeah, I, I, I think mean, one of them is currently in jail, and other good. ones on home arrest. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Like if they really did this, it, I think I think that I think that hanging is probably appropriate. Or you know that, that, that those people like they lost how many years of their lives one of them is that committed suicide you know rather than, than spend any more time in prison right. and it's, it's kidnapping <laughs> yeah uh, if, if, it's, if it's really what happened it, and I, if, if they're paying 2.8 million dollars let something tells me that they have that money to spare you know some, in their bank account. even some if they the things, don't yeah go ahead here's some of the things uh, some of them was it was truancy uh petty theft uh, one of them went to jail for jaywalking uh smoking on school grounds they went to jail and wow. and minor so they were taking uh, advantage of children you know who can't easily go hire a lawyer and defend themselves yeah. so uh, truancy you know so you, you play hooky one day you go to jail and and wow. all because the judge wants a kickback man that, that at least, stuff, at but, least they were caught. How many people? How many judges aren't getting caught? How many corrupt judges aren't getting caught? For right, stuff and like I think that? That, that's actually one of the problems we have is that there's not a good way for individuals. How do you find a judge? Yeah. How do you yeah. find yeah. a judge? Yeah. When, when, a, when a judge signs a warrant to have you arrested, yeah. and there wasn't any justifiable grounds for it, what do you do? Yeah, this I, happens. Yeah. In, where, where, where do you find a prosecutor who will prosecute that judge? Exactly. This happens in drug courts. The people, there's judges who have families that own drug rehabilitation mm. programs. Sometimes they. May even be under the religious disguise of a nonprofit. Yeah. So you could look and see which judges have family that owns drug rehabilitation programs <laughs> and check and see how many people get sent back to the program whose uh, judges yeah. have families that's involved in that. But yeah. th- that's something that, that this show some attention to that it needs to be watched because uh, a lot of times you know people have ulterior well, motives whenever they're doing it, things. it's why soros is targeting so many judges across the country so many uh, prosecuting attorneys and attorney like, trying to install them in various cities and, and counties across the country is because it's such an easily corrupted impossible to fight position that there's like once you install a judge there's really nothing you can do about it and they basically they're the law when they, you're a they, judge they, and you can do whatever you yeah, want I think, I think in a lot of cases they almost have to Rape somebody before they can be before they can be held accountable. They have to. They got to get caught with blood on their hands, and even then, sometimes that's not enough. Well, it may be yeah. more like the blood's in the, the, their actually hands. Are, their hands yeah. are in your body, pulling yeah. your heart out or something. It's, it's not. From what I understand, it is just di- very difficult to get a judge held accountable for their corrupt rulings. All right. 
Time for a break. It's uh, about 7.43 in the morning. Just uh, an update. Artemis' launch has been scrubbed now. So the next uh, time available window will be on Friday. So we'll be talking about it again on Friday. That's always. Mm -hmm. This is the way it works when you're starting up something new again. (laughs) A small thing can go wrong. This one was there's some valve that's causing problems as far as the hydrogen uh, uh hey guess who paid for that rocket ship we did so yeah, i really rather it don't ours. that's right <laughs> that is that belong, part of that belongs to you i think we should all like been able to show up down at cape canaveral and given a uh, you know some kind of a pin that we could have signed <laughs> right. our name to the to the to the rocket anyway i mean i had a, i did a big show one time and i i said why not put let people uh, that, that advertise on the side of the ship, you know, <laughs> right. to make it cheaper. Like NASCAR, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like a NASCAR race car. Put them on things up there. You know, Coca-Cola. Yeah, as long as they don't uh, – as long as the sponsors don't get to have a say on how the rocket's built. That's correct. That's cool. yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. as far as that. If I was an astronaut, I think I'd take it twice. You could let them have a say on how it's built. Yeah, you maybe even could have let them have a say in how it's built, and just just make sure it's not. It's got to look. Like, it's got to look like a Coke bottle. Uh, sure. All right, hey. it's a quarter till eight on the Dave Ellswick show. Nick Horton coming up at nine. We got another segment with these guys here uh, before we get done today. Don't forget about David Lucas Financial helping you out buying gold and silver. Uh, all of the people that are dealing in the the business of helping you get ready for retirement and is your nest egg big enough and it's big right now but if inflation stays the way it is it's not going to be so big when you finally retire how much you know silver and gold should you have in your system i i've i've read most of uh, a lot well a lot of the different uh, people that are out there talking about this and they say about 15 percent should be in precious metal because it goes up instead of going down during inflation so uh, bottom line learn more about buying silver and gold it's not like buying a stock or a bond or putting money into a bank account to save it 501-222-3315 is the number for david lucas financial that's 501-222-3315 get all the uh, real deal about buying silver or gold investment advisory services are offered through david lucas financial and arkansas registered investment advisor getting back to talking about uh social media and how you got to watch them like a hawk uh, because they do they get in and they start censoring people left and right and uh, we were talking a little bit about this uh off the air fbi and, collusion yeah well we, we talked a little bit about what the fbi did to kill the hunter biden story and and it, it, it gave zuckerberg an out for facebook is what it did and nobody's pursuing the fbi about it you know or, or trying to get to the real basis of what it was they did and why they did it but mark was talking about you know what it's like to be on social media tonight oh, uh, so now you can't say pedophile is that right so 
what they're trying to do is like what they always do. They want to police language. So if you get banned or suspended enough times or you get one of those warnings enough times for calling someone who rapes a child a pedophile, um, eventually you're going to learn that not to use the word pedophile. And it's going to give a stigma around the word pedophile. Same thing with groomers. They, they also ban on Twitter anybody who says groomers and, and Reddit. You get banned if you say groomer. You get banned if you say pedophile. The term now is minor attracted persons called MAPS. And that's, that's the vernacular you're allowed to use because it makes it sound like it's okay. And maps are part of the LGBTQ plus spectrum. They're part of that plus where they, you know, they, mm. they don't want you to know what's in there. We've got to realize, though, that, that when you've got people that have virtually no moral compass, we've got people yeah. that, that think that sex has no moral implications to speak of. Yeah. And so if you actually think that, that, that if you think sex is no, no more significant than playing a game of checkers or a game of soccer, then why would we be surprised – when when they want to have sex with four year olds, I mean it's it's the thing too is that a lot. How many of these people who are are the social media overlords? How many of them are on that uh, confidential list of Epstein's uh, guests on his island? We'll never uh, who, know, who but knows? I'm pretty sure. I mean, we we know a few of the people who are on there just because that got leaked, but. When it comes to social media, what they're trying to do is they're trying to condition us, make us think that groomer and pedophile are bad words, that they're slurs, and so we'll stop using them. And we'll start using the approved vernacular, minor attracted persons, and that'll legitimize it, and that'll normalize it. And just in California, just recently, they made it so that if there's a 10-year age difference between you and the person you had sex with, even if they're a minor, you can still be prosecuted for them being a minor, but you won't be put on the sex, uh, offender. On the sex offender registry. So that that's, uh, that makes the, the penalty for having so for committing pedophilia so go away for the most part. So what's what's the what's the difference? I mean, you, you get prosecuted, but you don't get on the, get on the list. Yeah, I mean, yeah but you don't get put, so the registry is um, if, uh, basically you end up on on like almost like a Google map, and right, everyone right. knows where you are right. all the time. And you also have to introduce yourself to your neighbors when you're on the registry. And a lot of people, you know, who are on that that sex offender registry list say it's not fair. My whole life is ruined. Like, yeah, well, you raped a kid, so your life deserves to be ruined. Heck, you don't even deserve to be alive after and, what you did. And, and, and to be so. well, <laughs> a, a, bit, a bit to be fair, sometimes those those uh, those some of them I know. It's like an 18-year-old, um, you know, was dating right. a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old was dating a 16-year-old. And so they right. get put or, or, or I think I heard corrupt. of a case yeah. one time where somebody was kind of intoxicated, you know, two adults, and, and they were um, being romantic, if you will. Yeah. On a beach, and so they were they were put on a, uh, a uh, because a, a like sexual. like exhibitionism or something like maybe yeah, a kid I mean, saw them, but something. But there, and, that's, and that's that's very different from yeah. from, from raping a six year old. There, that's the thing is like there's context. There's a difference right. between a, a eighteen year old you know dating a sixteen year old they knew been in high school before they're eighteen and versus at 20, 40, yeah versus a forty five year old who's who's raping a six year old. Yeah, well, this is like the ten year age difference. So it could be a twenty one year old with an eleven year old. It could be a twenty five year old with a fifteen year old. But that's very different from an eighteen year old to sixteen year. Old and there, but there's no context involved. It's it's just that that slippery slope, that one, that next little marker to get closer but to normalizing a, this. But it stuff. is a logical conclusion yeah. for, from the left perspective that sex has no moral implications. Sorry, yeah. and um and and so that's if there are no sex, if there are no moral implications to it, then 
then what's, guys, the, what's the point? Exactly. What's, what's, guys, what's there's the only one moral compass in, the, in this world, and this country is getting away from that one moral yeah. compass. And when you get away from that, you know, uh, the, you there go? is no yeah. compass. Yeah. There I, is you, no compass. So if you exactly. get away from God's word, then there is you are off the rails, and there are no bounds. And, and yeah. what's, what's maddening, though, is that even many churches and religious people, they – if you actually try to use the Bible to defend your, your moral beliefs on something, they will still hate you. Yeah. And, and they, they actually claim to be Bible-believing people. It's like they have their own moral code. It's in opposition to scriptures while they claim to be um, followers of it. Well, I mean, it's, it's, and it's not just it, – it's in every aspect of our culture. I mean, I just told you that, that maps are part of the LGBTQ plus spectrum. That's part of their community. That's part of their, their agenda. Again, and my, you have, a map is a minor yeah, attractive person. A minor person. attractive person is part of the LGBTQ spectrum. It's part of their agenda. They're proud to have it among their community. And guess what? You have TV shows like Steven Universe on Cartoon Network run by people like Rebecca Sugar who have gone out publicly and made the statement that their show is intended to promote the gay agenda and to promote LGBTQ plus communities, including minor attractive persons. You have a show on Cartoon Network that is trying to promote minor attractive persons as a as a normalized part of the community. And, yeah, that's and, and let's remember <laughs> that their main uh, theoretical thought is simply this. You're born that way. That's the way a gay person is. A gay person is born drawn to other like males or females. All so right. Can we say the same now, thing the, about murderers? If, if that, well, Jeffrey Dahmer was gay. Okay. We're going <laughs> to talk here, about but that. Here, here's the thing about it. If you believe that, then when you look at pedophiles, you've got to say, they well, they're just doing way. what they yeah. were born to do. Does that make it right? No. No. It doesn't. It doesn't make it right to say you're just born that way and say, you know, be, gayness is... One hundred percent a moral stance. Oh, that's that's absurd. The fact is that I, you know I, I, we're born liking sugar, but we still have to control ourselves. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, and you do have free will, and we're not saying that ever. We expect everybody to be with us. God gave everybody free will, but whenever you start taking other people's rights away from them and you start abusing other people, that's when you cross the line. There's a point where you're you're violating a child, and there isn't any person in the world who doesn't know that what they're doing is wrong <laughs> when they're violating a Amen. child. And so any person who tries to normalize that, tries to use children's media and social media and mass media and and mainstream media to normalize the idea of violating children, those people are evil. And they should not have any participation in society whatsoever, let alone being in the most influential and upper echelons of society, like people who run cable cartoon networks and things like that. They shouldn't be free. Uh, at some point, though, we, we've, got, we've got people who have demonstrated their desire to seriously violate people. It's like, why are they walking around? Yeah. Well, I mean, why, why are not just walking around, but why are they allowed to uh, to make the decisions that affect everybody else's lives and influence everybody else? But like a judge putting eight year olds in jail so for a kickback. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're just if someone hands you, it says like, "Hey, I'll give you ten bucks to ruin that eight year old's life," and you say, "Sold." I mean, you can't argue that you were on the the correct side of the law there like you know what you're doing is wrong you took the money even to hurt you, them even if you're <laughs> even if your judgment was correct taking the money for yeah, it right? makes you corrupt i mean yeah. if you have to be paid to do the right thing if you have to yeah. be bribed to do the right thing yeah. you're still corrupt 
it, it's like if you see a piece of litter on the ground, you're like, you can pick that up and you can put it in the trash can that's five feet away. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but no one's paying me to do it. If someone gave me five bucks to pick up that soda can and put it in the trash can, then I'd do it. See, you know? that's what Are socialism really <laughs> Socialism breeds that. Socialism breeds that you're paying taxes and it's somebody else's fault. Yeah. When you go back to the Bible, the story of the Good Samaritan, it's everyone's individual responsibility to do the right thing and to take care of the people that can't take care of themselves. But the socialist mentality is well, is you, you pay the government to do the yeah, right do thing and then somebody else is going to do it for you and you right. don't everybody does what's good it, for the collective it breeds group. malaise and apathy where it's just like ah oh, you know I, I pay my taxes so you know it's somebody else's problem somebody else will do it you know I don't have to be a good person I pay the government to be a good person for me exactly. see it's okay as long as, it, as they don't politicize it well that's not true because let me give you an example finish it up for today uh, the libs of TikTok which are not liberal at all but they report on what liberals do leftist has yeah. uh, started going out and uh, and pulling the curtain back of the hospitals that are are doing uh, sex reassignment surgery on minors and they're saying this 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 uh, uh, hospital does this well now they're being blocked from Twitter from saying that from exposing the truth yeah, yeah. for exposing the truth and that that is uh, that's a slippery slope. Oh, but it's, it's not censoring. Arkansas it's it's throttling. Yeah. You know? Arkansas yeah. is being blocked from stop, stopping child abuse in Arkansas. And by yeah, the courts. Right? By the courts. Yeah. All right. Why would they follow that ruling by the courts? Just we, need to, we need yeah. to do Amen. it. We need to talk, talk about that some more uh, in the near future. We'll bring on, uh, as we get closer to the election, we'll be bringing on people running for office and their thoughts on all of this and getting it out to you. Mark, thanks for coming by. Yeah, it's good to be on. Yeah, it's cool started again so now uh, you can yeah. stay until eight o'clock that's <laughs> yeah. cool if you've been listening you know we were talking about the artemis uh, rocket going up today it will not it's got some problems they're fixing them they'll go up on friday next available opportunity rd thank you paul thank you i'll be back at nine o'clock Dave Ellswick Show, last hour of the show from 9 till 10 o'clock. Good to have you along uh, for the ride here. Let you know that uh, Artemis is still sitting on the pad at Cape Canaveral. It's not going up today. It will go up Friday. They'll try again. And uh, as I was just just talking to uh, Chuck here at the station, he's our HR guy, and I said, I'm used to this, man. I've been around since... You know, Mercury, when we started all of this craziness. And uh, that time, they'd say they wanted to take off, at, you know, blast off or lift off at a certain time. And, you know, eight hours later, you're, the TV was still live and you're waiting for them uh, to lift off. And maybe they did and maybe they didn't. Maybe it was a couple of days later uh, because things would go wrong. I mean, these are complex pieces of equipment that are sitting on those pads. And um, they said that they probably could have gone, 
But I think that they err on the side of a real conservative side now since uh, the day of the Challenger when they went, thought that, uh, yeah, we got, we got, uh, it's been cold outside, but we don't think that that's going to affect the O-rings all that much. They were concerned about it. But the whole world was watching, and you remember this, because Christy McAuliffe was on the ship. And they wanted to make sure they went off during their launch window, and they forced it. And we all know what happened because of that. So uh, they, they have different kinds of – it's kind of interesting. The two major tra- – all three of the major tra- tragedies during the space program, the Apollo 1 that burned up on the pad with, uh, with White and Grissom. And, uh, boy, I kicked myself in the butt because I cannot remember the third guy's name. And they burned up in, in there. They were debating whether they should keep feeding pure oxygen into the capsule. And that's what they were doing. And what happened is that there was, a, there was either a spark from a, uh, an electrical hookup or, they think, getting down to the real nitty-gritty, when they, they had developed Velcro because of the space program. And they reached down to unhook something, and it sparked. And when it spark, and you're in pure oxygen, you got a bad fire, and you got a hot fire. Those guys didn't stand a chance inside that uh, that capsule, so they died. Then you had in the the space shuttle when uh, they had they had talked about could the cold temperatures cause problem with the old rings, and they were really bickering back and forth about it, and then they 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 decided to go no matter what and uh, that's what killed those guys uh, killed the whole crew and then when we were re-entering they were they were trying to figure out what to do about if you remember when they would be fueling the the ship it would form ice on it and pieces when they would take off you could see the pieces of ice breaking off of uh, of the shuttle and they were trying to determine uh, if that ice that was hitting the heat shield was causing any damage. And uh, they thought that it wasn't. Uh, Commander Fullerton, who had helped devise that heat shield, said, guys, we need to err on the side of caution on this and wait until we can stop that. And they kept flying anyway, and it was a piece of that ice that hit the heat, the heat shield. Was it the Enterprise that blew up coming back in? I can't remember what was the name of the ship, uh, but it was at a spot where the ice had hit, and it had fractured the heat shield. And when you got super heat, like when you're coming in back into to from from orbit, uh, bad things happen, and bad things happen. I mean that that ship was spread over a good section of Texas when it came down. I remember um, they were talking about today's launch if it went up the main reason it's going up and i was just talking to nick about it was to test out the heat shield because uh it's a bigger capsule than what apollo was so they needed a bigger heat shield on it plus they're using all new compounds because it's been 50 years man so they've got other compounds that they wanted to use less weight more protection they feel but it's got to protect the occupants of that capsule f- from 5,000 degrees coming back in the Earth's atmosphere for reentry. And so 
I was I was talking to Nick Horton is here. By the way, you guys remember yeah. Nick? He's been around a long time. Been with me on the show, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, uh, uh, and he said, "Yeah, I had to leave up in Searcy for him to get a swimming pool." <laughs> and it's true. That's when I had Nick on the first time. He he used to do a blog. Yep. And I used yep. to have him on because I knew I would get more truth out of a blog than I was getting out of the dim gas at the time. And uh, he. Uh, did a good job. He went on. He's gone on to do a whole lot of other stuff. Uh, I highly respect his his writings and his reporting because he's one of those guys that doesn't just check his T's and dot his I's. He goes back and redoes the figures over and over and over again. He's not one of them that I talk about when I say figures don't lie, but liars figure. Uh, that's not Nick, okay? Just telling you. That's I appreciate Nick. that. <laughs> yeah, you know, he makes sure that he's got it right. He went and worked in Florida for many, how many years? Oh, uh, almost eight years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did a lot. Government accountability. Yep. I mean, yep. and that meant figure figuring. Yeah, a lot of figuring. A lot yeah. of figuring. We did a lot of work on uh, Medicaid reform, food stamp reform, uh, some on occupational licensing. We got into election integrity in the last couple of years after 2020. And um, yeah, it was a great experience. Got experience working in. 25, 30 states, um, going to Pennsylvania to testify on Medicaid reform, and uh, went out to Montana and Wyoming out west a few times, and uh, Utah, um, and yeah, just got a lot of great experience kind of seeing the country and seeing seeing what other states are doing well. Um, and, and what they're to, not doing well. What they're well. not doing well. Unfortunately, <laughs> that also tends to come to light. Um, yeah, but a, but a lot of a great experience um, and a lot of things that... Um, you know, I think we can learn from now here in the state of Arkansas. Yeah, so. I remember having you on when we were fighting about uh, Obamacare here yep. in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember when I was reading the letter about how uh, uh, BB wanted to be the first state in the union to be an Obamacare state, and at the same time that I was reading it, he was downstairs with a press conference saying that he wasn't sure about Obamacare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Governor Beebe had a great way of uh, <laughs> saying both things at the same time and making and actually really making both things sound true. Um, he could he yeah, could he say good at it. one thing over here and one thing over there, and you know they both sound sounded believable. Um, so he was very skilled in that regard. He Unfortunately, did not know that I had a copy of a letter yeah. that he had with Sebelius. Yeah, yeah. Because I have friends in every place. Just to let you know, I I I'm friends with people that are on the other team. All right, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, you, I got to introduce you to a buddy of mine that you'd like to meet. Uh, have I don't know, you might have met him already, but Jimmy Cavan, have you met Jimmy? Uh, I've talked to him. Yeah. Okay. I told him the other day. I said he reminded me of a young Nick Horton. Uh, yeah, there you, you know, go. He's, yeah, he's I mean, got that pit bull streak. Isn't you know? that kind, kind yeah. of surprising that now he's going to be on with me most Thursdays? Okay. You know, okay. We've great. been we've yeah. been given. Uh, well, we gave a, a little bit of heartburn to. Uh, uh, Superintendent Thurman over in Cabot because we got we we went in and got all of the paperwork about how much money he's making and how much money he's taken that is not in his contract and, it, and he's he's pretty close to the three hundred thousand dollar mark now three hundred thousand dollars for a school superintendent obscene and then now we're working on all of this the stuff that is he's fighting with uh, the city. And uh, I'm, I keep having him on to keep finding, uh, come on, and what have you found out now? I call him my, my FOIA warrior. <laughs> he knows how it works. 
he, do, he gets in and get and does it. Everybody could do it if you had the time. That's right. And he just yeah. takes the time to do it. And he's he's good. He is it's really, a real, really it's good. It's a real skill knowing what to look for and where to look for it. Um, and also knowing, you know, our foil on Arkansas is actually one of the strongest in the country. It is the strongest. Really proud of. Thank it. you, Probably Robert Steinbach. Yeah, that's right. If um, I don't say thank you, he'll call. He'll me. call. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good man. Um, but it's it's really yeah. It's it's a powerful tool. I think it's a good point that you know a lot of people want to know what's going on in state government or city government or county government, and the law and, wants you to know. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. The law wants you to know they yeah. make it possible, but I think they they made it possible thinking that, as is the case, most people don't have the time to look. And a lot of people, you know, somebody tells you, well, we don't have it, and you just give up. Say, okay. Yeah. yeah. You, he, yeah. Jimmy's, and, and Nick was this way, too. They're like pit bulls. It's like giving them a bone. They're going to work yeah. it until they get the marrow. Yeah. Just the way it is. And... uh I like I like uh, talking about I look this show as much as I like to take credit for some great things that we've gotten done. Here's what I'll take credit for that I I love the most is the people that I put the fire in their belly that they wanted to find out. Nick, that was kind of the case, although yeah. he already had a fire in his <laughs> belly. Let me tell you that but you threw some gas on the fire. There's a lot of people that have been on this show, been part of this show. That have gone on to do great things here in the state and federally as well. Uh, Whitney and some of the other folks that have been on the show and Christian, who's been on the show, they all have played their parts. And I'm I'm trying to think. I can't get his name. He went on to become a – he was down in the Benton Bryant area and was a, uh, uh, a justice of the peace. Who am I thinking of? Help me out here, Nick. Mesker? Yeah, Mesker. Yeah. Yeah. He's Old been, Mesker. He's been in, yeah, involved he's a, he's, ever since. Yeah. Never yeah. got out of it. Kept on it's kept on going. What is he doing now? Do you know? Uh he's actually working for FGA. Oh, is Foundation he? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where Christy yeah. went, by the way, folks. Yeah. That's where she went. So we're losing some good people to those <laughs> people. Did is Mesker moving to Florida? No, I think he's still in Arkansas. I think he's sticking around here. Okay. So. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. good. Getting to work remotely. I like th- so, I like that. That that's yeah. one of the good things that came out of uh, COVID. Yeah, yeah. Remote you can, work is can a work big deal. anywhere. Yeah, we have been saying it for a long time, but now you know it's it's happening. So we're going to come back. Nick is moving on from what he was doing to what he is going to do, and I'm excited about what he's going to do. And I think because he's going to be in this area, I may be able to get him on the show a lot more often which is I'm excited about. Very possible. All right, let's talk more. When we come back, it's 918. Let me remind you about Pat Davis. Pat Davis has got things going down as far as uh, health insurance, 30 to 50% off, in fact, he can help you with. It's actual insurance. It's not a share plan. There is a big difference there. Perfect health plan for anybody who's self-employed. You can choose any provider in the nation, and and, uh, their plan can be manipulated by Pat to do better things for you like no copays or deductibles that are obscene and being brought back into into a kind of respectable areas. I mean, seriously, you think about it. What good is your health insurance? It can be the best plan in the world. You're only going to use it whenever you need it when you're sick, right? Well, what if your deductible's $10,000? 
It don't matter what kind of health program. You're still going to be $10,000 out of pocket first. So, um, you know, get with Pat and let him help you out with this. Uh, 501-605-6935. Excuse me. 501-605-6935. Yourhealthplanman.com. So enough about me. Let's talk about Nick. So... uh, what, Give the people what they want. Yeah, Dave. absolutely. I yeah. try to do that. So you tell me, what what drew you away from this group in Florida uh, to what you're going to do? And we'll talk about that in a second because I know yeah. what he's going to do. But what what made you say this is the time to make that step? You know, um, I've been on a pretty big journey the last year or two, um, just kind of feeling like it was time to settle back in at home a little bit. Um, I've got little kids. And and really, even when I was working out of state, we still lived here in Faulkner County. But I was yeah, I knew was that. traveling like crazy. Right. Um, and then about a year ago, um, my dad got sick, got COVID, um, oh, okay. and uh, you know fought. Yeah, thank you. Um, fought a really good fight. Uh, fought really hard. He was healthy as a horse. I mean, the day before he got sick, he was still delivering packages on a UPS truck. Wow. Um, and you know those UPS drivers. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. they're they're pretty cut, you know, and well, so the, he was... The women love them. That, that's right. And they're saying they come walking in with those shorts on, and they want to look that's at right. them. That's right. Yeah. So he did that for, you know, about 30 years, and, and he was in great shape, um, but COVID just, just hit him really hard, and um, he was in the hospital for about five and a half, six weeks, and Lord said it was time for him to come home. So um, so he went home to be with the Lord, and, you know, that, that had really just put me on a, a journey that I was kind of already starting down of feeling like I needed to be more involved here in my home state. You know, it was great to go to Pennsylvania and help them figure out how to fix their Medicaid program and then go to Montana and then go to Florida and go to all these places. And in the, you know, in the Trump years, we were doing a lot of work in D.C. on food stamp reform and disability reform and uh, a bunch of really important things. And I learned a lot from that experience. Um, And I have no regrets about that, but also feeling like, Man, I'm seeing what's going on in my home state. We've got these huge super majorities. We've got a great conservative governor coming in. Um, and, you know, we've got a lot of really good young legislators. There's some big changes. Man. I'm, I'm warning people, this is what we've been waiting for. That's right. This is it. This is it. And so I found myself at a point where, you know, I, d- I didn't want to miss this opportunity. And I've also told people, too, you know, uh, we're all we've we've got all these great ideas, right? We want to get real school choice in Arkansas. We want to get rid of the state income tax. We want to solve this crime crisis, this crime spree that is absolutely starting to consume. Ridiculous, state. and it's not just Little Rock anymore, no. right? I mean, for a while it was easy for those of us that live outside of Little Rock to kind of ignore it, like okay, well we'll just kind of keep our distance and hopefully it'll work itself out. We had two homicides in Conway within forty eight hours back in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, just a few miles from where me and my family live. And yeah, so, well, at least it wasn't 11 shootings in 26 hours like well, it was here in Little uh, Rock. That, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, completely unacceptable what's going on. Um, but we have all these these great ideas, uh, the legislature and, and our new governor coming in, and a lot of big problems that need to be solved. Um, but I feel like if we don't do something different – um, and and have some folks stepping up to the plate to provide some some ideas, right? Like, okay, we want to do this, but how do we actually get there? How do right. we actually get 
the state income tax repealed? How do we actually get to real school choice? And what are the barriers? What are the things that are holding us back from getting there? Because we all say Cowardice. we want to do it. Well, <laughs> that's your word, not mine. <laughs> uh, but there, you know, there's a lot of really powerful special interest groups. Yes, there uh, are. Superintendents and some others that uh, – you know, they, they don't want to have to compete for, for dollars. They don't want to compete for students. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're, we're, in a, they're, we're in a moment right now in our state where, you know, you said it, like, this is the moment's here. Like, there's some change that's coming. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited for that and excited to, to maybe be a small part of that. And so one of the things I'm doing, I've got several things in the works, um, some of which I'm not ready to quite share yet. Um, but one of the things we're doing is I've started a research firm, Red Truck Strategies. Um, it's named after my dad. Uh, my dad, you know, growing up, he did construction before he went to work for UPS. And I was a homeschool kid, a young homeschool kid in, in rural White County. And so dad would wake me up at five thirty, six in the morning and say, hey, hey, Gus, get your get your school books uh, and get in the truck and let's go to work. And so I'd do my schoolwork in the truck for, you know, several hours, however long it took. And then the rest of the day, I'd I'd follow dad around the job site and I'd pick up nails and uh, learn how to, uh, you know, use a miter saw. And, and he taught me all these things around the job site. And really the most important thing that he taught me through all of that was, you know, I got to see my dad interact with people. I got to see my dad interact with the bricklayers and the drywall mm-hmm. hangers and the painters. And, and my dad, and this carried on throughout his entire life, everyone was the same to my dad. Everyone had the same amount of value. He didn't care if you were the janitor or the the bank CEO. He treated you exactly the same. Uh, And he treated you with respect and and like you had value, because you do. Um, And so growing up, um, I just learned so much through those experiences. And so when we were trying to come up with a name for our company, I thought, man, that, that idea of hard work and treating people like they matter, people are the most important thing, um, really, really resonated with me as I've had a lot of time to kind of look back over the last 30-plus years of my life and everything that he taught me. So Red Truck Strategies is our name uh, in honor of him and all of those those values that he taught me. And we're really focused on messaging, um, working with, you know, look, there's two, there's kind of two extremes in the political world, right? On the, on the right this hand, I should say. On yeah, the right, that's all right. Uh, you know, we like to really focus on data and numbers and, right. de- and facts, right. right? And so I always think of like Mitt Romney when I think of this type of prototype of a, of a politician. Not of, in a typically good way, but that's all right. Right. So like we just, we <laughs> want to focus on the details, right? And the details are very important. I had to get that clear no, to I'm, my listeners. I'm glad you did. Um, but that was his problem as a, as a candidate, right? He was just very robotic and he wasn't there was there wasn't a lot of empathy, right? It was just about the facts and the figures and how do we get more efficient and what's the bottom well, line. That's what got him in trouble when the election was going. That's on. right. That's right. And so there's that extreme on the right. A lot of conservatives and myself included, we want to talk about the facts. Well, the left, they uh, over here on this extreme, they don't care about the facts or the no. details. Facts be damned. They just fact. want to talk about emotion and and well, they want to hold on just a second. Well, let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk more. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Nick Horton is here, one of my buddies, and uh, we haven't talked in quite a while. It's been a while. I mean, every once in a while, I send him something that I, I see something posted about him, and he's doing special reports somewhere. And I would, <laughs> I would say, enjoy yourself. Might try this restaurant. <laughs> 
you know, or whatever. Make sure you have a cheesecake or cheese steak. Did you see? Uh, did you see my piece in the Democrat Gazette this weekend? No, I should have sent that to you. What, yeah. what, what are you talking guess about? Uh, Biden student loan bailout. Oh, so yeah. Let's yeah. let's do something else. To yeah. Fan the flames of inflation. What well, you know, when I got out of school, uh, I went. Idiot. Yeah, I went to uh, I went to Harding in a yeah. grade school, and I really do in a lot of ways. I feel like I got my money's worth. But yeah. I, when I got out of school with my undergrad and my graduate degree, I had a mortgage. I mean, I had a hundred and thirty k in student loan. Oh, debt. really? Yes. Yes. Well, that's because of the way they switched it. Remember, it used to be the government wasn't involved in that. Right. Then you could only get loans through the government, Pell Grants and, and all the rest. I mean, I had to go to a bank to be able to – and they, they had literally had a way of figuring out what you could afford, and they wouldn't give you any money over that. That's not the case anymore. What do you want to be? Oh, you want to be a basket weaver. Well, I'm sure at $80,000 over four years, we could, you can weave really good baskets. Yeah, that's right. Well, and I will say, in fairness, you know, it, it was really easy, to your point. It was really easy to get the loans. Yeah. I mean, once I got initially improved, whenever the next semester would roll around, and it was time for going. the next set of class – Go in, put in a request for X amount of thousands of dollars. Within a few days, it was in my bank account. I mean, it, it was it was way too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, and the kind of the point I made in the in the piece was, it was my choice. You know, I knew what I was doing. I agree. I knew what I was doing. That's I knew what I was signing up for. That's my argument against giving you and guys a bailout. That's right. Well, I didn't get any of it uh, because I paid mine <laughs> off about eight years early. Good job. Uh, my wife and I did the whole Dave Ramsey cash envelope system. We made a budget, worked side jobs, drove. You know, but, you know, all of our cars had 200,000-plus miles on them. Did you ever deliver um, pizzas? I did not, but mm-hmm. I, I mowed lawns and, wow, good. and That's painted houses and did I mean did everything that we could do to to find some extra cash. Didn't go on vacation for four or five years, um, and we put every extra penny, beans and water, basically. For so five now years. you know why I like this guy. <laughs> All right, now you know why I like this guy because he does it right. Well, he just doesn't write articles. And has not experienced what he's writing about. He's experienced it, and he writes about it because he knows what works. Well, you're you're too kind. Oh no, um, I'm just being honest with people. But I, I, I was on, I was saying something right before the break about you know I think that on the right we do a great job of talking about data and yes. facts, right? And, and that's and, good, and that's great. That's important. On the left, they focus on emotion and and stories and. And they, they really don't care about the narrative. facts as much, but it's all about the narrative. I think the sweet spot for us as conservatives is to try to find a middle ground there where we're still talking about facts and details. But if we just talk about facts and details, we're not going to be as successful as we as we should be. And so what we're trying to do at Red Truck Strategies is really blend those two things together. Good for you. Working with nonprofits on the conservative side, working with some candidates uh, as well on the conservative side to figure out, yes, what, what are the details, what are the stories uh, or, or the facts and the data that go into this, but also who are the people that this affects? So not just what is the policy and, and, uh, and how does the policy work, but why does the policy matter? What's the effect that it's having? Uh, either a negative policy or a potential positive outcome from, from something good, like school choice or getting rid of the state income tax, um, you know, doing some work with a, a national group, the Paragon Health Institute, 
um, founded by Brian Blaze. He was a, uh, at Mercatus Center for a long time yep. and a special advisor to President Trump. We're working on Medicaid reform. Why does Medicaid reform matter? Because it hurts people. The Medicaid system hurts people. It's not good. Let me tell you what. The Medicare system, which I have been forced onto, hurts people. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at Medicaid, you know, use Arkansas as an example, since that's where we are. Yeah. We've added almost half a million people now to the Medicaid rolls since we expanded Obamacare on the private option and all this stuff, whatever you want to call it. We, we've got over a million people on Ar- Medicaid. Arkansas works. Uh, yeah, Arkansas. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not working. No. Um, and so we've got more than a million people on Medicaid now in the state of three million. One in three people. DHS told me last year, Dave, two out of three, and this was in a presentation that they gave to legislators, two out of three kids that are born in Arkansas are born on Medicaid. That is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Two out of three kids. But isn't it great that they have health care? It it is that, great. That's what I'm saying. It is that's great that they have health care. That's yes. what they say. Yes. There's ways of them having health care as well without being on Medicaid. Yeah, there's there's a lot of ways for them to get much better health care <laughs> than Medicaid. Yep. Um, and that's the point. And I think you know, we're, we've got a we've dug a deep hole um, over the life of our state in terms of dependency, and we've got a long way to go. But there are some there are some things we could start doing right away to start to really turn the ship on this issue. So, anyway, that's that's a lot of what we're focusing on at Red Truck Strategies, trying to help help nonprofits and conservatives <laughs> tell stories, find the data that tells the story, but then help them actually turn it into a story that can be used and and move people because we know conservative policies are by far the, they work. The, they work. But we don't always do a great job of explaining that to people and making it real to people. Um, and so that's something we're, we're really focused on. We're not – I think the biggest problem is that we're not worried about the emotional connection. We want you to understand this works because of A plus B plus C equals ABC. That's right. You know, that's and right. that's what it comes down to. That's not what people want to hear. You know, and that's not what people are looking for. As much as I hate it, people want to be, uh, they want to feel good about what they do. Well, and I think people want to know how it affects them and their kids. You know, we were talking about my kids during the break. I've got a five and a two year old, you know, and, and my perspective has changed through what I've gone through with my dad's illness, but also by being a dad. I mean, my perspective on every issue is is not different because I still believe the same thing, but it's it's so much deeper now because mm-hmm. I see how these things are going to affect my kids. Because it's going to affect your kids. And I used to say that when I was here 10 years ago yeah. and I was a young little whippersnapper from Cersei and hadn't even met my wife yet. But now it's like, man, this is real, you know, and, and these failing schools, this is real. You know, state income tax, when my kids grow up, I give Tim Griffin a lot of credit. I hear him talk about, you know, he wants to fix these problems and make Arkansas more competitive because when his kids grow up, he wants them to stay here. Yeah. You know, and, and man, the first time I heard him say that, it just got me right here because I can I can see that, you know, 10, 15 years down the road. My son, if he decides to go to college, graduate school, hopefully he goes to school somewhere close by, 
And then where's he going to go? Is he going to go to Nashville that's booming and he can pay no state income tax? Is he going to go to Texas, go to Dallas or Austin that's booming and pay no state income tax? Or is he going to stay in Arkansas? I don't know. I mean, I hope he stays. Or will he go to Oklahoma City, which in the near future won't have any state income tax? That's right. Mississippi is on track to get rid of their state income tax. They're pushing really hard. They've chipped away at it a lot in the last couple years. Um, All the states around us are moving that way. And and we're moving that way. You know, we've been chipping away as well. Just at the speed of a turtle. But I think we could pick up the pace a little bit. Um, And I think if we don't do that, we're really at risk of... You know, continuing to fall behind a lot of a lot of neighboring states. Well, I don't believe that our next uh, governor, and I'll say it out loud, who next governor can be, it's going to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, and I'm sorry to Mr. Uh, to Jones, Chris Jones, uh, but uh, you know, uh, Pete was what does he call it? Peanut butter and jelly. That ain't that ain't a, a way of leading. But uh, nice guy. I had him on my show when everybody was t- paying their money to run, all right? He had a lot of money because you got to have a lot of money. Well, I don't know what the Democrats were charging to run for governor at that point. But uh, the bottom line was he came on and nice guy, very, very uh, articulate, and uh, had, had some ideas that sounded good until you thought about it, and then you knew that's not the way that you wanted to go. And I mean, look, he's, he was yelling about uh, teacher salaries. Give him a give him a raise now, during the special session. You don't do it during the special session. You you should know if you're wanting to be governor that you got that uh, that whole uh, you know uh, matrix that's set up, and that needs to be uh, fixed so that when the, the legislators say we're going to give teachers a pay increase that the money got to them and didn't stop at the at the superintendent's desk to be used but for something else that there was a there was a line there that said teacher salaries and it had to be spent on them and uh, Sarah understands that you know and it, it's going to happen during the next, next session get ready it's going to be crazy uh, the superintendents and the and the uh, the, the uh, what uh, what am I trying to think and say here? The teachers' union is going to fight it tooth and nail, folks. Yeah, I mean you're yeah. going to see them in their death throes, and it won't be, it won't be pretty. I'm just saying it won't be pretty. But I think there's enough people that understand what universal school choice will do in education. I mean. I know things that some people don't know already, and I'm not talking about it because it's not for me to talk about it. I'll wait for Sarah to talk about it. But she's got uh, people that know what, they're, what they want to do and how they want to do it. And he, she's already sitting up, getting everything set up with the Republican Party. They're, they're, they're all starting to breathe in one accord, and that makes me excited. And we got it's a lot more. We got a lot more conservatives yep. coming on. Yep, that's going to be fun as well. We got some great young legislators that I think really they're in a similar similar place as me, right? They've got young families, they've got young kids, and they're starting to think about okay, ten, fifteen years from now. I mean, we say this a lot, so much that it's almost become a cliche. But in all seriousness, in reality, what what kind of state are we going to leave for our kids? And you've got a lot of really great young legislators, David Ray, Austin McCollum, uh, Kendon Underwood from Northwest Arkansas. Ben Gilmore. Ben Gilmore. 
Grant Hodges coming back. Yeah. I mean, you've got some really great young legislators that I think really want to make a difference. And they're not coming down here to play around. They're coming down here to fix some stuff. To work. Uh, and it's it's really exciting. It's ex- We've been at this – you've been at this longer than I have, but – 10, 15 years I've been in this world um, in Arkansas, you know, even on the periphery at times. This is as as big of an opportunity, as an exciting of a time as, as I've ever had. Well, one seen. of the things that I hope that our legislature will do is to use a very uh, a great group of, of people uh, over at UCA called Acre and have them come in and show them just you, you don't have to do a lot you can just do some little things and it, it leads to a lot uh, i mean i have jeremy on all the time and i had dave on all the time now he's at ball state in uh, indiana you'll find that uh, the thought process there is a little bit different than here in that they're open to doing some of the things that he wants to do. Yeah. And, yeah. and we got to have legislators that are open to do the same thing here in Arkansas. Well, and you make a good point. I mean, I think incrementalism, you know, this idea of kind of chipping away, we, we've all gotten frustrated with that at times, right? Because we want, just in our society, we've got this microwave yeah. culture. We want it in 90 seconds and uh, and it, have it hot and ready. You know, we go by Little Caesars and get a hot and ready pizza for, for my kids all the yeah. time. And that's what we want, right? But there is something to be said for incremental progress let's just start moving in the right direction um and we've we've made some ground on on some big issues but i think we can speed up the pace yeah well let me a little bit here's what i have said and you you see if you agree with me on this i have said that asa hutchinson was the perfect bridge between bb and now sarah this is what i think all right i don't think the state they they say that we're red red I don't believe that I, I, from what I've watched, okay? There's too many people that are still blue-blue out there that makes me nervous, and it wouldn't take but a heartbeat to, to change your minds on some things. And uh, I think Asa moved slowly. Uh, Asa is a moderate, and so people could get used to the whole Republican ideal of what we want to do. But now... It will happen. Sarah's going to bring it to happen. And it's going to move a lot faster than it has in the past. And I'm excited about it. I mean, if you want to see somebody get really disappointed, show Sarah coming in and not push hard. And you will see a, a conservative here that will be down in the mouth. I'll be honest with you. We'll talk and finish it up when we come back. Nick Horton, Red Truck Strategies. All right. Red, how did it get in touch with you? Uh, RedTruckStrategies.com. All right, just go. Look, he doesn't even carry a phone. Phones are just passe <laughs> to Nick. He does it all by... Send me, send me a handwritten letter. <laughs> you, can you even yeah. read cursive? <laughs> no. I, no, I was homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about ICU protection. I'm not going to tell you what happened. I'm just going to tell you that if you t- take a quiet time every day and say your prayers and pray for people and uh, you know spend some time with the creator of, the, of this, uh, this world and the cosmos that uh, i want you to pray for billy mack 
he's had something happen in, in his life that is very difficult right now. And uh, he, I'm sure he would be very, very appreciative if all you say is, hey, Lord, keep Billy in mind. All right. Just keep Billy in mind. That's all you got to say. He'll know what you're thinking about. He'll know he'll know what you what you're doing. I don't need to give you all the specifics. Just pray for Billy Mack and his family at ICU protection. Let me tell you something else about Billy Mack. He put up ICU protection. They do this security thing and they do it right. They're the people that do nuke one. If they can do a nuke reactor, they can do your house. That's the way I looked at this. And I talked to Billy Mack. He's, I've got door and window sensors on all my windows and doors in my house. I now have cameras at my house. And the cost of it is under just about everybody else that does uh, security systems. And you don't pay for any of the hardware. That, that's all yours as soon as he puts it on your house. You just have to pay for the service. And the service fee is not over everybody so they can give you the, the hardware free. No, it's under just about everybody. And you still get it free because he figured it out. And he knows how to do it. That's ICU protection. Here's the number. 501-205-1333. 501-205-1333. Red Trailer Strategies dot com. Who should call you? Red Nick? Truck. Oh, Red, Red Truck Strategy. Although I like what Red Trailer. I, Red that's, tra- uh, that's good. That's, that's a little bit of, more Arkansas. That's even more Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Okay, like but that. Uh, I'm sorry. Red Truck all right. uh, Strategies dot com. Yeah. Who should call you? Um, man, anybody. Um, you know, we're working with some nonprofits. We're doing it. We're even doing some fundraising, coaching. Um, you know, helping people put pitches together and ghostwriting op-eds and research and data and messaging and polling. And so if you're a nonprofit, if you're a, a candidate, certainly a conservative candidate for uh, any political office or even a business, you know, um, there's some things that we offer in terms of polling and messaging and uh, putting pitches together and marketing uh, marketing packages. Um, you know, we haven't worked with any businesses yet, um, but, you know, I've... I ran a lawn care company in Searcy for a yeah, long time. I remember I've been that. in the nonprofit world. I've been in the political world. I've worked in the business world as well. I've got an MBA from Harding, and you know, I think we have a lot to offer small businesses as well that are trying to figure out how to how to deal with inflation and how to find new customers and bring bring new people in the door, new revenue in the door. So, um, yeah, any of those groups, really anybody, just drop us a line and. If we can't help you, we can probably find somebody that can help you. And I love playing that role, too, of connecting people with, mm-hmm. you know, I've got a, a great team of data folks and some graphic designers and some pollsters and all these different networks that, that I've been able to, uh, been fortunate to create. And so if we can't help you, we can probably find somebody that can. All right. Nick Horton, he's a good man. He's been uh, part of the Dave Ellswick Show for years and years, sometimes more often than others. But when he got to Florida and started doing all that, I just got out of his way. I mean, no, seriously. He was seriously. I, I started really understanding what he was doing when we were fighting over Obamacare here in the state. Yeah. And we were hearing uh, Republicans saying, oh, we can do it a Republican way and it won't be socialism. There was no I kept asking him, what, what, what's the name of the, care, the health system? Obamacare. And what is Obama? He's the, the president. I said, he'll do it his way. He don't give a damn the way you think. He doesn't. 
just the way it was. I remember David, David Sanders, who I was a good friend of mine, that was just, for some reason, he just thought the Republicans could tell the president to go take a hike. Nope. Doesn't work that way. Thanks for being with me today. Uh, tomorrow, yeah. Jerry Cox is coming back on, and we're going to talk more about this whole thing about marijuana and uh, there's a lot of that uh, that you don't know all the information and you need to know all the information. Look, I, I've told you, I smoked so much marijuana when I was in college that there's third world nations that still don't have grass huts because of me. But the bottom line is I understand that I was stupid then and I understand legalities of laws. And you need to read this law and know what they're asking of you. Nick, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate so much. you. Let's do it again soon. All right, we'll do it yeah. again soon. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that somebody's going to be with me a lot. But we got to let him go. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow, 6 a.m. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 